What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Drew Drake, up in the building, and today I'm joined by Mr. David Wise. Davey, let the folks know what's on, on the uh, slate for today. Well, everybody else has gotten to do it, so now it's my turn. It is the schedule breakdown. We're going to tackle the season in thirds. First four, middle four, last four games. Let's do it. I like that calm, cool, and concise. That's why we bring you on. So we love you, Dave. And folks, we love you too. Thank you guys so much for being locked on Seminoles. Your first listen each and every single day. But I'm not going to hold us back any further. Let's go on with the show. You are locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Simmels. I said at the top of the hour, it's your boy, Drake. Today, I got Mr. David Wise. As you can tell, we're still wearing the same clothes. I'm still repping my HP Platform 9 and 3 quarter shirt. So we're doing a back-to-back today for Monday and Tuesday. So today, as you're listening for Tuesday's episode, we're going to bring Dave on for a schedule breakdown. But first, Dave, how are you? how's it been going for the past, like, what, 20 minutes since we've been talking? I still need to blow my nose, and the allergies are still winning this battle. That is not true. Fighting through it for the people. Thank you for your service, Dave. But let's go on any further real quick with that. Let's start off with the first game. We're going to do this like schedule, like as Dave said, in thirds. We'll do their first four games, the next four, and then wrap up with the last four. So, Dave, let's cook it off right now with your favorite team, the team that you have coined as a mm-hmm. the fighting uh, with a David Duquesne. Is that what you've been tapping him as? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, the Duquesnes, there are several ways to say the name of the school. Uh, none of it matters uh, as long as you don't say Duquesne, because that is for sure the only way not to say it. As in, that's probably the, that's the, is the correct way to say it. But Dave, I mean, I don't think we should go any further in on this game at all, period. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we'll just do this by percentages for the winning, for, uh, for games winning. As a game, what winning percentage do you put this game at? Okay, so I'm going to say it like this. In medicine, I'm not a doctor. Well, there you are. That kind of doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. There are certain things that they call never events, things that should never happen. One of those never events took place last year, and that was losing to Jacksonville State. This is even more of a never event. Duquesne is an absolutely trash Division II football team, and we should trash them as such 100%, not 99 point, the limit does not exist. 100 should be the number, or I'm going to become a Syracuse booster. I'm going to put it as a 90%, folks, because of what happened against Jacksonville State last year. Yes, I am still better. Don't don't at me, folks. Now, next, we're going to go to the LSU Tigers. That's the Labor Day game that hopefully we all can attend. That's on Sunday, and it's over actually at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. So it's a quasi-home game for LSU. Dave, with the you know the news of Jaden Daniels transferring over there and most likely maybe pro- probably being the new QB, what, where do you put chances of us winning this game at now? Well, two things make me feel better about this game. Um, one, if there's a time to catch LSU uh, under the Les Miles tenure, it's exactly when we are. It's right off the bat, right when he's still having to figure things out personally. You, you mean Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, right? Or Brian Kelly, Jesus Christ. Oh, my brain. You're having, you're having yes. that thing on day. <laughs> if there's a time to catch LSU under Brian Kelly, it is right away which is where we get him uh he's still gonna have to be figuring things out personnel wise the fact that he brought in Jaden daniels we've t- we talked about this 
I, I'm irritated that we bring him here because he has a similar skill set to uh, Jordan Travis. However, the fact that he happened to go to a team that we're playing and may start for them actually feels pretty good because I think he's an eminently beatable quarterback. I think he's a bad thrower of the football. And, you know, my God, if we get just get, just get to focus on his running ability, I feel pretty good about our chances to win that game. LSU wasn't a particularly good team last year. Neither were we. Um, but I will say the one thing I hate is that they're calling this a neutral site game. That's like having, that's like hosting a game in like Gadsden and calling that neutral site. Like, is it really though? Like, that's kind of like right there. That's, that's a home game, isn't it? So I, where do I feel percentage wise? No quarter on you, flip a coin. That's my percentage. Oh, I like how you did that. Actually, that took me like kind of a second. I'm like, God, we're both sick. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not helping with that. But uh, I'm kind of with you on that. Honestly, the Jaden Daniels kind of makes it feel a little more confident in the game. I'll probably put now increased to a 65% chance of winning that game because I think while LSU has a very, very good, I guess, roster talent-wise, I honestly, their talent-wise is kind of a little bit higher than ours. I do think Jaden Daniels probably could limit that offense a little bit. The only concern is that it did bring in a, a Mike Denbrook who was the uh, offensive coordinator actually over at Cincinnati. And I know you don't like Desmond Ritter, but he actually did make Desmond Ritter a viable Heisman candidate earlier in the season. And actually probably, hey, if Desmond Ritter gets drafted, that OC did his job, right? So to me, oh. that, that's going to be something that we need to watch out for. But I think Jane Daniels, is if he's, if he's the Jane Daniels that we saw last year at ASU, I mean, Johnny Wilson can tell you he left the program for a reason. It could be because of his QB. So to me, give me a 60% chance to actually win that game. Now, next, we have an off week. Hopefully we don't lose the bye week, as you know we have been accustomed to doing the we past few seasons. Do. We are known to do that. We get Louisville, so we have a full week off to prep for Malik Cunningham and the Louisville Cardinals. Now, Dave, we're about you know seven minutes into this mark right now. Give me your quick thoughts on the Louisville game for that overall. Yeah, um, Malik Cunningham. I have been one of his bigger fans the last couple of years. I fully, fully expect him. You converted to me to that up, too. To pick up where he left off. He's a damn good quarterback. I don't feel good about that game, even coming off a bye week. It's at Louisville. That just – that that game is exactly why it's so important to win the LSU game because if we go into that game one and one, I expect us to leave one and two. Um, 33%. 33% to beat Cunningham in his last season at Louisville. I'll get 40. I think 40% is a good spot because I do think Malik Cunningham, in my personal opinion, is probably the best QB in the entire conference. I think he kind of showed last year where – Everyone always asks, like, do you get the good Malik Cunningham or the bad Malik Cunningham? Quite honestly, yeah. I think I think the bad Malik Cunningham is dead. And you saw yeah. him progress as a passer. He still has the mobility. Also, he's a big kid when he hit when he he can truck defenders too all, like, right off of him. And he's the sole reason why Scott Southfield probably kept his job after last season and flirting with the South Carolina job. So, but so to me, this probably be the first L for FSU. So I have us actually two actually at two and one heading into our next game against Boston College. Now, the Boston College game last season, if you remember, the officiating was, I think, nothing short of piss poor and terrible. Yeah. AC refs need, need to fix something with that. But Phil Dracovic and the boys and Zay Flowers, he keeps him back. They come down a doke. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because me personally, I think this is another game that we should not win handily, but it'll be a lot more comfortable than last season. So I'll give us probably a 65%. Yeah, this feels like one of those games where we're going to learn if we're back to the place where Florida State can take care of business, you know? Like, it's not that we're going to, you know, compete for the ACC championship or anything, but we need to be able to take care of business. This is one of those games where at home, 
you should be able to beat this Boston College team. Kovic, look, he's a good thrower of the football. He's not a guy you should be scared of, um, in my opinion. And if we don't win this game, I mean, depending on what it looks like going in, if you know, if we're 3-0 going into that, I don't know whether that's more important or less important than if we were 1-2. Uh, probably probably less important if we were one and two and we are going to that game that becomes must win but yeah that's give me 80 percent on that 80 percent 80 percent okay you know what i'll i'll bump mine a little bit up to 70 percent mainly i do think filter kobe is a very good qb but i do think you have a good point it's not him that i'm scared of it's honestly i'm more scared of the refs again i'm joking no it's more that i'm scared honestly of uh zay flowers the wide receiver actually they do have because if they're if they get the chemistry back again, because remember, I think Phil Dracovic's first game back was against us or the week before. So I do think that actually that if they are able to kind of meld the chemistry back together, it's kind of a little, uh, it's a sight to see. It's a little more, it'll be interesting. But folks, if you want to make the rest and the remainder of March Madness interesting, head on over to stathero.com slash locked on. I love and I hate those budget beaters. The drama, the pain, the excitement. I mean, we see right now with St. Peter's and the legend of Doug Edder is growing each and every single day. But head on over to Sat Hero. Sat Hero's NCAA single game pick pit the stars against each other and is an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. I mean, I love it. Dave loves it. Max loves it. Holly, Stacy, they love it too. Sat Hero is the easiest, easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and use the promo code locked on for a 100%. That's right, folks, a full 100% deposit match right on your deposit. Head over to stathero.com slash locked on today for that 100% deposit match with promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Term of may apply. All right, Dave, let's go into the second part, the second gauntlet, if you will, of the schedule. After we yeah. take care of business against Boston College, hopefully, I think we both have us right now at three and one, which I think in year three, she will show us sort of a proof of concept to what Mike Novell is trying to build. We head on over to your team, your favorite team in the conference, Mountain Name Florida State, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, led by one Sam Hartman and Coach Dave Clawson. Dave, I'm just going to sit back because I kind of I love your takes on Wake Forest. I'm going to sit back and just let you, you know, run, run free with this. Where do you see this game playing at? Well, Drake, um, Wake Forest was in 2021 to 2022, the year of our Lord, the most overrated team in the history of collegiate or professional football, just the sport of football, high school, middle school, elementary school, Pop Warner, you name it, include all of it, the whole data set. That was whole the most overrated bang. team. The whole shebang bang Ever. Ever. We should have, we could have beaten that team. Like, Jesus Christ. I, I don't know. What, what the hell is their quarterback's name again? Riley Skinner? What, is this still Riley Skinner? <laughs> no, it's not Riley. No, it's Sam What's Hartman. What's his name? Sam Hartman? Okay, look, it's adorable. Uh, it's adorable what they did last year. It really is. Like, Clawson did an adorable job with that little band of misfits. Um, we They're not going to win double-digit games again. Um, and we're not going to lose to them again. I don't care if this was an away game, which it's not. Um, I fully, fully expect to win this game 75 i'm gonna go with 80 and that's kind of high for me because i did like this way for team last year but i do think you and max put up a really good point it's really hard for small programs like this especially like a private school program i mean they are the small they 
they're the the Power Five program with the smallest enrollment of students right now. Their defense yeah. sucked too. Like their, de- and was their defense bad. was really bad. And if we're being honest here, the main reason why we lost that game probably last year was Mackenzie Milton had turnovers. And also they get begin the game. They tried as this weird like. Here, Mackenzie, here's one series for you. Jordan Travis, here's one series for you. And then bench Jordan Travis for the rest of the game. So to yeah. me, that's kind of like still, you know, stuck in my head. And also Sam Hartman is a very good QB. Um, I do think he's in the, like, I think if you put top five QB, I think he's number five. The problem is he loses a Jacora Roberson. He also loses a Christian Beal Smith. He does keep A.T. Perry. And to me, like, it's going to be hard to like, like with those weapons of they basically being gone. And towards the end of the last year, that like Sam Hartman, the one that basically, I mean, Cam Lemons, the bro talks about actually over at blogger. So dear, the turnover prone Sam Hartman kind of shows up, which is basically, you don't, that's something you don't want to see out of a younger QB towards the end of the season. So to me, this Wake Forest team, it was cute last year. It was a great story, but Cinderella strikes midnight. And to me, this is a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they struggle and fight tooth and nail to maybe win seven, maybe even six games this season. So yeah, they suck. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to be as great. As they were. So Let's go to another team in the same state who actually was pretty good last year and actually has former FSU players on it, and that's the NC State Wolfpack. And Corey Durden comes back, Cyrus Bacon comes yeah. back, but more importantly, Devin Leary, who I know you're not the biggest fan of, actually does come back too. No. So NC State Wolfpack. So right now FSU is at 4-1. and one. What's, your, what's your take on us as, as we travel over to Carter Family Stadium and rally? Well, I'll make it quick. I don't ever like playing at NC State. Um, if you've never been – to an NC State game, uh, lucky you. Uh, their fans are the worst people you'll ever meet on the face of this earth. Uh, truly, too. Like, that's not going to be funny. I'm not laughing. It was bad. Um, it's also just a racket stadium. Like, them doing that freaking over the freaking loudspeakers every 10 seconds. It's miserable. It's a miserable place to play. Um, and it's going to come after – it's going to come after a slate of Louisville, Boston College, Wake Forest, where I think – I think that's going to be a tone setting part of the schedule. Um, you got to start racking up wins at this point in the schedule because it gets harder, I think, as you go along. So NC State, Devin Leary, I'm not a big fan of his. I don't think he's particularly noteworthy as a quarterback. Um, we, for that game last year, despite all the issues we had, were just like felt like we were hanging in there the whole game. And we didn't have any business doing that uh, because they were ranked. If Jordan Travis was healthy that game, we would have won that game. Could have won, yeah. Honestly. So, um, they're going to be a good team. Uh, they'll probably go into that game ranked. Uh, but, but even away, I'm putting sixty percent. I'm at thirty. Um, this game to me is a little more difficult, primarily because I think Devin Leary is the one QB. If you look at his trajectory over his first season and now. He improves every single year. He does the thing that you want your QBs to do, and that's not turn the ball over. He's very Mr. Efficient. Now, whenever you see him actually play, he doesn't take a lot of chances, a lot of risks, right? And I know that Knight State loses to Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, their running back, who kind of torched us the past two seasons. But you still have solid wide receiver options in the Mezzi out there too as well. So to me, this is going to be an interesting game, and I probably think if this was a home game, i probably have it closer to 50 maybe 55%. But I do think actually being actually at NC State and hearing basically how you and Max have discussed how hard it is to play there for the kids because it's very it's very loud and the fans are also very close. So to me, I actually have us dropping this game. I think so. To me personally, this will probably have us heading actually at four and two heading into Clemson. Sorry, not heading to Clemson, heading back home to play Clemson at Doke. 
And to me, in my personal opinion, we should have won the gate this past game this last year with Clemson, right? And to me, a lot of coaching footballs were bringing that issue. But also, it was kind of like the first time we saw Jordan Travis where when he did have time, which was strange because defend, the defensive line for Clemson is amazing. There's a lot of missed opportunities for him. Also, play calling was a little bit interesting. To yeah. me, this is a game where you're going to know whether or not DJ Uwangalele is going to be the player that he should be, or there might be a change, kind of like how Kelly Bryant was benched for Trevor Lawrence, where you see yeah. Kate Klubnik come in. But to me, I think this is a game that I think it's a toss-up. I think it's a 50% game because it is at home. But I, and I do think we edge out the win right here, and me will be having we'll be at five and two heading into the bye week the following weekend. Yeah, look, there was so much. There's so much of me that wants to believe that the Clemson is on a steep down slope. You know, like it's a goddamn miracle they won ten games last year. I, for the life of me, don't understand how that happened because that was not a good football team. But I don't expect them to just fall off to the point where we're realistically going to beat them this year. I don't care that that game's at home. They have two five stars at quarterback. They'll figure it out between one of the two of those by that point in the season. Um, Do I want to beat the hell out of them? Of course I do. Got friggin' robbed last year. Um, Do I think we will beat this Clemson team? Nope. Um, I'll go 20%. You go 20%? Yep. I think it's more that like every single year we always say that we lose games we're not supposed to, right? I say yeah. this every single year. I think, and I've been, I'm trying to keep, I keep saying every because I want to be right eventually. I'm right now, I think I'm 0 for 8. But I do think that this will be the game that finally, for once, that we're the team that we won a game we're not supposed to win. And to me personally, the, Cle- the Clemson team, like this isn't beating UNC at home or beating UNC on the road. Because to me, UNC, it's Mac Brown. Mac Brown's never beaten us. He never will be. Basically, basically death taxes and Mac Brown having an L actually at Florida state. So to me, Drake, what Drake, that game, we're not supposed to win. That's coming in segment three. That's coming in segment three for you, but oh yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Then we'll quick thoughts before we do that. Cause we have one more game in the gauntlet, but it'll take really, really, really quick. But I do think that basically the Clemson game will be six and two and we'll be ranked for the game that I think that you have circled on your calendar as your game. We're not supposed to win. Georgia tech is the week after that. We take two seconds on this one. Um, I think yeah, I two twist, seconds. I have us at seventy-five percent, mainly because it is Jeff Sims. But uh, I think Jeff Collins might get fired after this game. So the Jeff Collins experiment is over. Uh, Jeff Sims. I still wish we had him on the roster. I think he could be of use to us, but he doesn't have the pieces around him. This should be a easy game to win, ninety percent. And they also lost Jameer Gibbs. So actually, I forgot about that. Give me eighty-five percent for Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. That team might win only two games for the season. But folks, yeah, when the season starts you know there's going to be a lot of action around. And, folks, the, our friends over at betonline.net want you to be ready for that action because they're all about that action, boss. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four. You've got two more coming in. I think, I think it was Kansas. You have Duke. Later on tonight, we'll see if UNC or St. Peter's are going. And also we'll see if one other team will be going there. But, folks, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all these odds, contests, and player props, you name it, whether it be NBA, college basketball, NHL playoffs are just around the corner, UFC, MLB opening day is April 9th, and I can't wait to watch the Monarchs give me all the hopes and dreams I want and then only win 65 games. But head over to BetOnline.net today and you can go to LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a bonus on your first deposit. Once again, it's from LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, BetOnline, where the game starts. Go fish. All right, Dave. 
we're in the home stretch. We are in the it's the final the final four games of the season. And as you know, I deleted the damn schedule, but I'm pretty sure the last game actually after Georgia Tech is the Miami it's- Hurricanes. Down south. The University of Coral Gables. Yes. The University of Coral Gables at the Airbnb known as Seminole Hard Rock, which is about 40 minutes from my house. I will be there in attendance right. with the 10 or so Miami fans that will also be there. Dave, yep. the floor is yours. I think you kind of teased a little bit. I want to see your thoughts actually actually on this game. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I readily admit that the ACC has, a, you know, some good quarterbacks in it. Um, I, I think you're about to see the sophomore slump of all sophomore slumps for Tyler Van Dyke um, or Tyler Van Spike, as he should be called. Mr. Clock Management, Mr. 305. Um, yeah, we won that Miami game. Just I want to I want to just everyone remember and regale we won. Um, I expect to do that again. We're going to start a new trend here. This is probably not a game we should win. I think the roster is more talented than ours. I think – I don't know that I would rather have Tyler Van Dyke than Jordan Travis. And you know I say that as somebody who doesn't love Jordan Travis. I don't – I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm saying I don't know. I, I expect to start our next trend of victories against Miami. Um, it's fun that we haven't lost them in, like, basketball – or, excuse me, baseball, basketball, football, and, like, what feels like, you know, a couple of years now. It feels It feels good, Dre. Um, we're going to win this game. It's a game we shouldn't win, and we're going to win it. So this is like – I've flip-flopped a little bit on this game, honestly. 55%, by the way. 55%? Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's kind of actually I'm where, I, where I'm at with the Clemson game. And me, personally, I'm at 40. Um, I do think this is a game because, me, personally, I say that it's every single year, especially under Mark Norvell, you need to, need to win at least one rivalry game. And I do yeah. think you'll get that later on in the year for Florida. Spoiler alert for the end of the show. But to me – I do think Tyler Van Dyke is probably is the top three quarterback in this conference. Now, I don't think he's the Heisman dark horse contender a lot of people have, mainly because I don't think in the offensive run with Josh Gaddis, also with his weapons of a Jalen Knighton, a Don Chaney, a Fat Franklin, <laughs> that he'll be able to put up those numbers. But he's a damn good QB, and quite honestly, maybe around that time you'll hear some pre-draft bust for him to be a potential second-round pick. That kind of leads me to believe he might, he just might kind of reel his clip in a little bit too much heading into that game. Now, I think where overall you might lose a little bit is the crystal ball factor, actually him being being down in Miami. I do think that's actually going to actually bring a little more heat to the game. And like you said, I think their roster actually is a lot more talented. I think their yeah. defensive line with Leonard Taylor is really damn good. I think the recruiting class with a Wesley Besant and Nigel Lake Kelly, kids that we wanted really badly, actually they might be starting by that game. I mean, we saw Marion Cooper, he started his freshman game against them, and he basically had a pick – two or three pass breakups. He was the best corner all game. So to me, overall, this is a tough game. Uh, I do think overall the better QB wins here, and to me it is TVD. So I actually have us losing this game, and we'll basically be 6-3 and three heading over to Syracuse the week after that. Take us to Syracuse. Let's you know, go over to the rest of the schedule. We'll be 6-3 and three by my account, heading over to the Carrier Dome, the affectionately named stadium after an AC company that has no AC. So, Dave, this one might not take too long because I don't think Syracuse is that good. And quite honestly, it was a miracle Dino Babers didn't get fired because he didn't was able to win some strange games the year before. For me, Syracuse, I have this game as a 70% because Garrett Schrader, to me, overall, is a quarterback that I think everyone thinks Jordan Travis is. Jordan can actually throw the ball. Garrett Schrader can't. 
All Garrett Trader can yeah. do is run. So to me, actually, give me 75%. I don't think Syracuse is that good at all. So Danny DeVito is not their quarterback anymore? Is that- no, Tommy DeVito's transferring out. Okay, good. Oh, so the only thing I'm going to say is I don't need to know anything about the team. Remember that one year, like Greg Paulus, like that Duke basketball player who was pretty good, transferred over and played a year of quarterback for Syracuse? That's the kind of that goes on there that they do to like sell tickets and get people there. So yeah, 90%, 90, 92.5%. I don't know why. I'll go up to I'll go up to eighty on that because also I just also realized too kind of football is a luxury for them it kind of gets them over to basketball season right. even though their basketball team didn't make the tournament either in the basketball program right now not in shambles but it's hard times over there. Next we'll go to the fighting the the artist formerly known as the fighting Billy Napiers the Louisiana Raging Cajuns will be heading over to Doak. Uh, to me this is a team that I mean I'm going to put this down at ninety five percent primarily because. Billy Napier did do one thing that we should have, Mike Norvell should have done his first year here, and that's take a lot of transfer from his old program. Not saying that they're great players, but they already have the chemistry. They already know what they're going to be doing in practice scheme-wise, and it helps them out immensely. So to me, this is a team that's testing me about transfer portal, a new head coach, and it's I've talked to friends of mine. I had a friend of mine also who played for that program. He loves it there, but they know they're going to be in for a rough, rough season ahead of them. So to me, give me 95% against the raging Cajuns. I have nothing to add to that. Thank Christ, Billy Napier took his whole team with him for two reasons. Uh, it was good for the it's good for the Louisiana game because they basically will be replacing a bunch of the roster, but it's also good for the Florida game. And you know what, Dave? Go right to that because the last game of schedule actually is the Florida Gators, and send the folks home, Playboy, with your thoughts on that game. Yeah, so you know, I said there was going to be a game we were going to win that we probably should, and I said that was Miami. Well, I didn't necessarily say there was one because I don't think we're supposed to win the Florida game, but I also kind of did. And reason is, like I said, if you were a Florida fan, I can imagine why you'd be pissed off that like half of, not half, but like a bunch of Billy Napier's Louisiana players were transferring in because like the University of Florida should not be recruiting players that Louisiana is recruiting. It just, or, or has recruited. The University of Florida, of is still, as much as I hate to say this, a premier college football job and destination. Like, they've had the recent success. They've been historically good. They don't need to be getting Louisiana players, but they got a bunch of them, and that's good for us. And, uh, yeah, do we do we even know who their quarterback is this year? Is it going to be Air 15s? Is it going to be um, – What's his name? Uh, you, I know you're going to say Emory Jones, but the reason you're Emory stopping, just the reason you're stopping on that is because he actually an- announced earlier this week that he has entered the transfer portal for a third time. So thought. it's going to be between AR-15 and the Ohio State transfer, the kid that I wanted, Jack Miller. Oh right, right. Well, look, that sucks. That it'll be that point in the season because they'll have that figured out one way or the other. AR-15, I am more scared of without knowing, without the benefit of knowing much about the Ohio State transfer, like. AR-15 does have some aspects to his game that worry me, uh, especially his legs. But I still think maybe I'm doing this because, like, I feel like this has to happen. But 50.1%. I'm going to go with you at, like, 60%. I'm a little bit higher on that because I do think it's interesting that Emory Jones entered the portal, then pulled out. And also with AR-15, I was really high on him. I think I compared him to Cam Newton several times in this podcast because he does. You see it in the game last year. He has a cannon of an arm. And, Dave, you alluded to it too. His, he's dynamic with his legs. The only issue that he does have 
his accuracy is like really turnovers. It turnovers, the accuracy isn't there. So maybe that's just fine tuning. We'll see what Bill Nambry does with that. But to me, this is a game that we should have won last year. I was, I'm not going to lie to you. Losing the game last year was utterly pathetic. I don't know how yeah. the hell you lose. Actually, I mean, you're at the swamp, but that was a team that lost their head coach. And they're basically, they have nothing to lose. I understand that. But basically, you should go in there, walk in the trap, take the trap over. So to yep. me, overall, it's a game that you should win as a first-year head coach. And if Norvell loses his game, he would finish 8-4. and four, But that kind of leads you to believe, in my opinion, if we finish 8-4, and four, that will kind of lead you to my the opinion that if you lose to your first-year head coach like that, and if you lose to both the first-year coaches in your conference like that, where exactly are you in the pecking order when it comes to programs for the rest of the season and the rest of your tenure? But to me, I haven't, yeah. haven't finishing a 9-3, which is maybe a little bit higher than it should be. Because I think the sweet spot seven games, maybe even eight. Yeah. But overall, like that to me, like if you lose to the Napier or Cristobal or you lose to both of them, that kind of is kind of pause for concern. Look, I know I'm being overly optimistic for sure for a bunch of them, but I will say, like on the percentages, that is. But I will say that exercise lets you know exactly why five and seven would be so just disgustingly intolerant. This is not the kind of year. We've, we've rid ourselves, we've had enough time between the Taggart era and the Norvell era to rid ourselves of that excuse. There are no excuses. The schedule is not as hard as it seemed like when it first came out and we all overreacted. This is a schedule where we should not lose more than six games. Really, I think it sets up that we shouldn't lose more than five, that we shouldn't lose five games. But, but obviously there's injuries and there's this and that and the Jordan Travis is going to be able to stay healthy. But Look, man, there's potential for this team. I don't think there's a reasonable possibility they go 10-2, and two, but there is a pretty decent chance to go 8-4 and four here, which for us would be huge, and that's what we talked about yesterday and, and a, on a lot of episodes, how important 8-4 and four is for recruiting and the future sustainability of this program and coaching staff. 8-4 and four isn't asking for the world. Quite honestly, no. with this roster, 8-4 and four is not only attainable, but it should be the goal you strive for. And I think Max and when Max and I were sitting down, I think a month ago, we're like, at eight and four, what does that tell you? The proof of concept is working. And also, I think it kind of lets Mike kind of say, hey, I'm with, I choose my guys here. My staff is actually working out really well like I wanted it to. But this is also why we do this exercise like you're right. That also shows that, as David Coburn said, after he fired Taggart, six and six isn't good enough. Neither is three and six, and neither is five and seven. And those are both worse records than that statement he made three years ago. So hopefully this year three, the proof of concept comes around and we actually have a full program that we, we actually be happy to talk about for the first time in a long time, because I'm sick and tired of talking about a bad football team, a bad sports yeah. in general. I'm already a Marlins fan. That sucks. I'm a Panthers fan. Thank God we're playing really well, but that's not, that might not last forever. And also I'm a heat fan and the past two weeks has taken years off my life. But folks, as always, thank you guys so much for love and support. Please don't forget if you can five-star reviews, you know, our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. And Dave, at the YouTube, let the folks know what to do. Um, so you're going to subscribe to the channel. Um, you're going to hit the little bell, so it'll let you know as soon as we drop content. And what was the last thing? You're going like, to like the video? Yeah, like, like the video. The, okay, yeah, do that. Do all that. It doesn't take long. Look, we're not asking you to write a review. I hate writing reviews. Just do those little things. It takes like two seconds. Dave, I'm so proud of you. We've been, we've been working on that so much, and Dave, I'm pr- finally happy to see that you got that. But, folks, as always, thank you guys so much for the love and support and making Locked on Seminoles your first listen each and every single day. 
with that being said, this is Drake. That was David. And we'll see y'all next time on Locked on Sevens. Take care, everybody. Go Nolan.